Hello, and welcome to the Global Fly Fisher podcast. This is, as usual, Martin Jorgensen speaking. And um, as you might be able to hear from this recording, I'm outdoors. You may hear the birds singing in the, in the woods here, and you may hear the hiss or noise of the ocean in the background because I'm quite close to the shore and we have an extremely hard onshore wind here. I've actually just been fishing down on the beach, which was quite a challenge. I will post some pictures together with this with this podcast to show you how windy and how much wave action I had to fight. It was actually so much that I changed from my fly rod to a spinning rod. Um, I may return to that in, uh, in this podcast. But anyway, this will be about a fly, a single fly. Um, in many ways about any fly, but in this case just about a single pattern that um, I've caught quite a few fish on, on this trip. And while talking about that fly and how it came to be, I'm uh, also going to cover the subject of changing flies and selecting flies and the matter of flies when it comes to uh, catching sea trout in the ocean. I'm probably not con- covering, uh, I'm not going to cover flies caught in a stream because. I don't do that much stream fishing and selecting flies for stream trout is something completely different compared to selecting trout for sea trout in the ocean. Sea run brown trout that is. Uh, And particularly selecting flies for trout in the spring in the ocean. Because in the spring trout are pretty hungry most of them have been, many of them at least, have been spawning in this particular place where I am right now. Most of them have been spawning and um, they're very hungry and they will basically eat what they see, which includes some really, really strange contraptions, which I'm going to return to also. Um, So this is going to be about a fly called the strange Christmas tree strange like odd and Christmas tree like a Christmas tree not because the fly looks like a Christmas tree but because the origin of the fly um, has something to do with another pattern called the Christmas tree so the Global Fly Fisher podcast about the strange Christmas tree before I get on to then that um, particular pattern I'm probably just gonna move indoors and uh, leave the the forest and the um, the beautiful spring sunshine and the and the the hiss of the ocean to itself because it's probably quite noisy in the background and uh, indoors we may have a bit of calm um, it is spring and the sun is shining it's been uh, it's been quite windy and this morning was extremely rainy. I was up at uh, five o'clock and went fishing alone. Uh, And uh, 
heard nothing or felt nothing and saw nothing in the in the water uh, even though I fished a place that looked quite fishy and I returned then to the house where I'm staying and let me tell you the background of uh, of this fishing trip I'm on the uh, I'm on the annual uh, trip with the um, with the guys that I I usually go with uh, to Bornholm the island in the Baltic um, Ocean a small rocky island which is uh, quite well known in uh, in the Baltic region in Germany and Netherlands uh, Sweden and Denmark for uh, for its uh, its very good uh, sea trout fishing and we usually take a week-long trip to um, to Bornholm every spring in March or April and right now is the first week of April and um, and this is the last full day uh, that we're here and the seven of us have been fishing all week and I'll return to that fishing when I when I return to the um, to the fly uh, that I want to talk about um, and right now the six of them are actually uh, uh, on another part of the island due to the wind they have to flee to the um, uh, offwind side of the island uh, and I've decided to stay home and just took a stroll down to the beach here in front of the house which is uh, quite close to the ocean it's a beautiful fir wood with um, the ocean about half a mile or uh, hardly a kilometer away and um, I brought my fly rod and a, and a spinning rod that I borrowed from a friend because I knew that the wind was quite hard on the uh, on the beach here and quite right it's uh, extremely wavy down here and uh, the wind is just right on the beach right in your face and even though I could fish the fly uh, at, a, at a reef uh, uh, a stony point that's uh, quite close to the house it was pretty difficult backwards casting and extremely hot winds and not that long casts so I decided to uh, try the spinning rod not that that helped, but at least I could cover some water and just check out whether there were any fish or not. I do spin on, on occasion. I am, I'm not a, a born-again fly fisherman who never picks up a spinning rod. I actually do spin from time to time, but um, I definitely prefer fly fishing. If I can, uh, if I can uh, get my fly out, I'll do that. Uh, I've just been on the phone with uh, one of the other guys and... Uh, they felt nothing uh, and actually he told me that a bunch of German anglers in the area where they're fishing are actually catching fish on their spinning gear so uh, so uh, it's not like fly can do it and spin fishing can't uh, sometimes the spin fishermen will outfish us fly guys and sometimes it's the other way around well never mind um, I'm going to talk about a fly, a very simple fly that I, I wouldn't say developed because there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to flies. In my opinion, you really have to be very, very inventive to, to f think out something that nobody's thought out in the, in, in the in the past. But um, by combining a couple of uh, of things, I've actually uh, managed to uh, to get a pattern which has worked quite well under these um, under these circumstances as I told you in the beginning it's called the strange Christmas tree and if uh, if that sounds strange to you well fly 
fly names are pretty strange, but actually the strange Christmas tree is just a translation of the of the Danish uh, name. And the Danish name uh, I'll explain to you is the salesome juletræ. Juletræ being Christmas tree and salesome being strange. Uh, the reason that it's called salesome is actually mm, quite uh, quite simple because um, it uses a strip of seal's fur, and seal in Denmark is called sail, like in the world's word salesome. So it just came about to be salesomt juletræ, strange Christmas tree in a direct translation. Sometimes flies get really odd names because of uh, people putting together uh, words that just sound alike and uh, if you do that in Danish and translate them uh, you get um, you get some some pretty odd names so the strange Christmas tree it was the reason that the word Christmas tree is in the name at all is actually that the fly is based on a on a very simple and very efficient Danish uh, sea trout pattern called the Christmas tree uh, it was developed by Sten Ulnitz, who's a, a Danish uh, fisheries biologist uh, and fly fisherman, and uh, well, rather a fisherman. Uh, he uses all kinds of gear, and he developed this pattern many years ago. It's a very, very simple fly, uh, basically just two or three materials, uh, of which the mainstay of material is a mylar tubing, a braided mylar tubing which you pass, you cut a, a piece which is about twice the length of the, the hook shaft or the hook shank. You, uh, you pass the tubing over the, um, over the hook shank and the eye of the, of the hook and uh, just fray it a bit in the back end, tie it down, uh, whip finish over, the, uh, over that point. Then you tie down the tubing in the front just behind the hook eye and uh, fray the uh, braided tubing in front of the um, of the eye, fold that backwards and uh, create a hackle. Now you have a tail, you have a body and you have a hackle, uh, all made from the same piece of mylar tubing and uh, create a small head, whip finish, varnish and you're done. You have a very, very good fly for, particularly for murky, uh, brownish, um, dirty water, uh, lots of waves or dark water or uh, sometimes also very cold water where the fish are pretty slow. So the Christmas tree is, is really really simple. Uh, the pattern is usually tied with some color under the, the body, the braid, uh, which is usually uh, just um, uh, translucent or pearl uh, mylar uh, tubing. but I personally prefer uh, to put some red yarn under the uh, under the body, and I know people use all kinds of strange colors uh, to get a particular uh, hue to the fly. I also know that uh, the fly is tied with all kinds of colors of braided mylar tubing. Uh, the pink one is um, is a very uh, common one in uh, in Denmark pink uh, Christmas tree with uh, fairly heavy eyes made from ball chain or lead eyes is called the flame uh, and it's a very good fly for very efficient fly for uh, fish in in muddy waters extremely visible these flies are not extremely good for 
bright days and clear water because they're so extremely shiny and visible. But uh, when you have uh, circumstances uh, that call for a visible fly, it's definitely a good uh, a good fly. <laughs> I never really liked the fly that much. I don't know why, but it's just not a fly that's appealed to me very much. I didn't fish it much. I um, I usually just uh, kind of just uh, ignored it. Uh, but recently, I've seen so many fish caught on it that I that I tied a few. And uh, while tying it, I thought that I wanted something some natural material added to the fly and the other material in my variation of this Christmas tree uh, became seals fur. Seals fur is um, a very strange material. For some reason I had some sunker strips caught, uh, sorry, cut out from, um, from uh, seals fur. Seals fur is quite coarse, quite shiny has a very thick skin or leather to it and um, is not very dense in uh, in the uh, in the hairs it doesn't have an underfur it just has this very translucent shiny um, uh, hair the seal does not rely on the fur to uh, keep warm it it has a lot of fat under its skin to keep it warm so the fur is basically just uh, probably has some kind of um, hydrodynamic uh, effect uh, when it's swimming, but I, I really don't know. Um, but the thing is very, very, um, very uh, loose in the um, uh, in the structure and uh, and very open and very very nice actually. And I had some some seals fur sunker strips. I don't know where I got them. Somewhere I picked them up and they were just lying around. I had uh, some white ones and some gray ones and I thought why not use them for this Christmas tree. They seem to be quite um, fit quite nicely into the into the shiny uh, uh, mylar chooping uh, concept. So I just added a sunger strip to uh, to this fly. And from that I got a very, very fishy little thing. Um, I used red tying thread, red yarn under the body and this uh, seal's fur as a, as a sunker wing. And I got a very visible but still very lifelike um, little, uh, little fly. I used it a couple of weekends ago on a, on a, on a trip and caught a, a couple of fish on it. And... Um, it's really been baptized on this trip uh, where I've used it, uh, if not exclusively, then at least 80% uh, of the time because we had some really, um, some really rough water to fish and uh, this fly seemed to be perfect for, for rough water. And um, the first day actually we were here, um, I severely outfished the other guys in a certain place with this fly. I don't know whether it's a fly or not, and that's another subject that I want to um, talk about because I don't think the fly really has so much effect on on the fishing when you fish for sea trout in the ocean. It does, of course, uh, mean something what fly you choose, what size, color, visibility, uh, but basically my experience is with, with these fish is that when they're 
close to the shore when they're fishable, when they eat, when they're caught by people, you can almost always get them to take your fly. And it doesn't really matter much what you what you have on the uh, on the on the tippet. Um, in the springtime, it's uh, it's very obvious that these fish are extremely hungry, and as soon as the water uh, temperature rises just a bit, and the and the small animals start to move about, uh, the sea trout will be hunting and and very viciously uh, going for anything that moves. And if you see fish in the water and cast to them, almost no matter what you have on the tippet, they will just go for the fly. But for some reason, this place that we were fishing was um, obviously there were a lot of fish because uh, a couple of the other guys had caught some and uh, I managed to get myself in position between we were fishing quite close, which we rarely do, but in this case it was uh, it was pretty obvious that uh, the action was in a particular place. So I, I positioned myself in between a couple of the other guys and had probably, uh, we were probably four or five of us just close to each other. And for some reason I was the one catching fish. And I think I managed to hook at least 10 sea trout within just an hour or two and uh, landed about six seven of them uh, big big ones big kelts that have been spawning and some small shiny ones small chrome uh, fish but uh, unfortunately no big chrome fish uh, which is the price fish to get when you when you go fishing for sea trout in the spring here um, um, fish uh, which have uh, been overwintering in the ocean and haven't been up spawning uh, we call them Owasplanger, uh, over springers. You probably get the drift of the of that name. Uh, they just skip the winter uh, spawning run and stay in the ocean and eat. And these chrome fish will be just extremely beautiful. I'll post a picture of one that was caught by Jens, one of the other guys on the on the in the group here, and you can see what I mean. But that day. We saw no big fish. Uh, we only saw small ones. Uh, one year uh, in the ocean, probably no more than that. And uh, and uh, in the um, in the 40 to 45 centimeter range, that's about one. Uh, I don't know how many inches. About a. Uh, I can't calculate that that right away. But it's it's not a big fish. Definitely not a big fish. And um, those were the shiny ones. Uh, quite fierce and quite. Uh, uh, festival, but not really big enough to uh, to stir any commotion. Uh, but the big ones that we caught were really big, some of them, but uh, they were Celts uh, post-spawn fish, and these fish are not very strong. So uh, if uh, you want to get a, a real fight from a, a Danish sea trout, you want to you want to bump into one of these winter fish. Nonetheless, I managed to catch quite a few fish, and of course, as soon as I started catching fish, it was probably uh, like five minutes apart or something that I uh, act actually managed to hook one. Um, the other guys immediately moved closer and started casting in the same area, and none of them caught anything. And uh, one of them uh, thought that it might be the fly, uh, which could be the case, but uh, honestly, I don't think so. I think uh, 
I think many other um, many other factors also have influence on the on the success with with fly fishing for sea trout and and I would I would never uh, guess that the fly choice uh, in a in a case like this would mean anything but um, I was the one catching and the other guys were the ones uh, not catching and uh, some, something must have been the different in this case actually I afterwards I thought about it and I probably um, I think that it probably might be might have been because I was fishing uh, very slow with a with a fly that sank readily and uh, and um, I uh, I cast out to the spot where I expected the fish to be and since most of the takes were just within the, the first uh, two or three strips of um, of my retrieve I uh, I would just leave the fly there and let it sink and then just slowly 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 strip it um, uh, in order to keep it in that uh, zone as uh, long as possible and obviously uh, that could have uh, meant that the fly was uh, sinking uh, getting further down and maybe fishing a bit slower which might have been the trigger in this very cold water I don't know the matter of the fact was that I caught fish and the other guys didn't the day after, it was the other way around. I, I caught one, and the other guys caught many. And the day after that, same thing. Uh, the day before yesterday, or was it was yesterday actually, we came to um, a new place that we hadn't fished before, and um, joined a, a large group of, uh, of uh, spin fishermen uh, who were fishing at a certain point where we wanted to fish, but they occupied the, the spot, so we just let them be there. And because of the wind, we just found shelter behind them, so to say, in a small, uh, kind of a small bay behind a, a rocky point. And uh, I managed to get myself in a very, very attractive position right behind those spinning guys who were casting um, into the wind and away from the shore uh, to my right and I would just cast backwards because I had the wind from the wrong side uh, and just cast along the row of spin fishermen just behind them in the opposite direction of where they were fishing again with the same fly on my tippet and again with the same success I had three fish uh, to the hand and um, probably about uh, I lost a couple that's that struck the fly but but didn't stick uh, and I I had many, many subtle takes, um, which uh, is quite common this time of year due to the cold water. So, same fly, same technique, casting out to the zone where I had the first uh, strike and just leaving the fly there for as long as I dared without snacking and then just slowly retrieving it. And true enough, uh, I, had, uh, I had quite uh, a good um, success rate with that. Unfortunately, the wind turned and uh, slowly uh, got into our faces and uh, that technique uh, casting out into the uh, probable zone of, uh, of the fish uh, didn't work anymore because I simply couldn't cast that far so I just stopped uh, fishing that spot and, uh, and we fished uh, another spot for a while and just gave in um, in the end even though um, another of the guys caught three fish and uh, I had quite good success um, um, we had to leave in the end because of the waves. 
So the uh, strange Christmas tree struck again, uh, and uh, it might do that sometime uh, in the future because uh, definitely that uh, that little fly has found a a spot in my fly box, um, and it will find its way to my my uh, tippet uh, in the uh, in the future because it's um, it's proven itself to be quite efficient, and. Uh, Today I fished it in the uh, in the very turbulent and dirty water right in front of the house here with no success. Uh, but um, well, we'll see. We may uh, leave the house tonight and go fishing in the evening. And uh, uh, I'll bet you that this fly can catch fish when it's stuck too, because of its very uh, very bright uh, and visible uh, body and, uh, and materials. Uh, so I've taken a couple of pictures right now. Uh, uh, just uh, probably an uh, an hour ago or so on the beach, uh, and one of the uh, specimens that you will see in the picture is uh, is uh, one of the the flies that I caught fish on, and as you will see, it's quite trashed. As flies are mostly, they um, they often get trashed by the fish. These uh, fish have quite sharp teeth, and the mylar teeth and the mylar is um, is quite fragile, so. Uh, uh, the body will give in at a certain point, and you'll just see the red wool underneath, and um, and the tail and the hackle will just be even bushier. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter much whether the fly has a whole body or just um, the freight um, the freight miler in front and in back. So you could argue that uh, it could be tied with uh, with a tail and a hackle from miler, but actually it's easier to tie it with one piece of miler tubing. And just have the fish trash the, the 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 tube than it is to cut the tube in two pieces and try to uh, control it as a, as a tail and a hackle. So I I'll just keep on doing it as I've uh, done it all the time. Uh, another specimen that I took pictures of is uh, is in is a, a brand new one just freshly tied yesterday. And as you will see, I added some uh, some. Uh, eyes, dumbbell eyes to the uh, to the pattern, and the reason for that is that I wanted to see whether the um, whether the uh, deep fishing uh, was uh, really uh, the key to my success. Uh, unfortunately, that fly hasn't been out in the uh, out in the ocean in a place where there were any fish yet, so uh, so I can't tell you whether or not it's the um, it's the fact that the fly fished deep, that was my key to success. But anyhow, I have some unweighted one and s ones and some weighted ones with uh, with heavy eyes, and uh, I'll just uh, switch uh, back and forth between them and see what works best. But um, it's always great to have some some flies which will sink, and some flies which don't sink that uh, quickly. So um, uh, the strange Christmas tree will, will exist in both the heavy and the light incarnation. Okay, that was the story about the strange Christmas tree. Um, a fly that, uh, as it is with flies most, just uh, took shape by uh, coincidence and was absolutely nothing new. It's basically uh, a very well-known pattern combined with a very well-known uh, technique, the Christmas tree combined with the sunker, and um, uh, from that came a fly that just seemed to work. So um, 
The Strange Christmas Tree. The story of the Strange Christmas Tree. Yep. And uh, with that, I will get up from the couch here where I've been sitting and just take you outside again into the um, into the beautiful uh, woods here on the terrace in front of the house where I have my waders dripping from the water. Uh, my fly rod is uh, resting on the on the handrail here and uh, you might again be able to hear the ocean in the background no birds singing right now i don't know why because the sun is out and it's really beautiful and um, with that i will say goodbye to you and thanks for listening to the global fly fisher podcast this is uh, global fly fisher partner martin jorgensen thanking you and saying goodbye from the uh, beautiful danish island born home <laughs>